If you are sick of oppressive religious systems, but are not willing to let go of faith altogether, this podcast is for you. In this show, we hear from inspirational people tackling real issues of faith that actually matter in this world. Welcome to Jesus Never Ran. The church is wrong to argue that the Bible justifies any sort of discrimination, oppression, marginalization of those who are not straight. Well, the reason why you ain't got no black folks in your congregation is because we don't show up to places where we're not welcome, and we know we're not welcome based off the conversations you demand that we don't have because of the questions you insist on us not asking because of the answers you don't want to live. And the idea that the best being in the universe can't come up with a better solution to the problems of the universe than to torture people forever, eternally. You just start thinking, if that's as good as God is, this is a pretty depressing universe. Hey everyone, before we jump into the interview, just a couple of quick words about our sponsors, Rise Nutrition from Menominee. You can find out all about what they have going on by going to Facebook and looking up Rise Menominee, and that's Rise with a Z, or give Angie a call at 715 309 2706. And then our friends over at Infinity Beverages, don't forget that Thursday is buy one, get one for club members. And if you want more information on how to sign up or if you want to order online, go to infinitybeverages.com. If you were a Christian in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know exactly the voice that's playing in the background. And today just happens to be my birthday, September 9th. So I get to choose whatever guest I want to have on the show today. So, ladies and gentlemen, on Jesus Never Ran, today, September 9th, 2020, none other than Jennifer Knapp. I am a 45-year-old woman who's seen some shit. And... You know, it's going to come out in the music. had to let that one play out a little bit because that brings back some great memories. My wife Susie and I went to see Jennifer Knapp in concert what feels like a million years ago, but it was one of the greatest shows that we ever saw by one of the most authentic songwriters I've ever heard from both then and still now to this day. For those of you who have never heard of Jennifer Knapp before, you're in for a treat and I'm going to introduce you to someone pretty spectacular. And for those of you who know exactly who Jennifer Knapp is, you're going to hear her story, you're going to hear some incredible insight and wisdom that she has to offer, and in the background of the podcast, both today and next week, all music by Jennifer Knapp. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Thought that I might die under a big sky My name is Jennifer Knapp. Most people know me from my start in the contemporary Christian music industry. That's how I got started on my public life trajectory. I did a few records in that genre and then I quit 
doing that cold turkey walked away for a while spent about six years living out of the country which was fantastic came back and missed doing music as a career so what i call career 2.0 i started doing kind of just regular music i didn't go back into the christian music industry although a lot of people kind of assumed that at the same time i also came out as a lesbian which is a weird word for me to use i'm gay my partner and i've been together for close to 20 years now and so that obviously started its own conversation inside of faith-based communities in and around lgbtq issues of which i had a massive learning curve to figure out how to participate with and but yeah today i write music i tour when covid's not keeping me at home I've been nominated for Grammys, won Dove Awards, I've written a book, I do LGBTQ advocacy, and a lot of other stuff in between. So there you have it. That's kind of my career in a nutshell. Now, one of the things that's interesting about Jennifer is she's really started a second portion of her career, I guess is the easiest way to say it. And I can relate on some levels because I've done a lot of different things in my career. And it's easy to look back on some of the things you used to do and maybe, I don't know, wish you didn't do them or feel a little bit regretful about ways that you did some of the things you used to do. I'm sure we all have some sort of relevance to this. And so I wanted to hear a little bit from Jennifer about her experience in CCM, contemporary Christian music, how she feels about it today and what that experience was like for her. I think the music that I created as a CCM artist I think of it largely as an artifact of the processing that I was doing in my own personal life about my faith, about God, about the fact that for whatever reason I was born to a culture and a society that Christianity was the main language of our spiritual journey. That's not wildly something I would have said 20 years ago. But now I go, okay, this is the language that I have to be able to talk about my contemplations about faith in God. And I will add to that, that I was very serious about trying to be the person in the maximum potential that I could be is in terms of goodness, in terms of you know, I think in a Christian language, I would say, oh, I, I wanted to be a really good Christian. But what I think that means to me now is that I genuinely wanted to be in the potential of something benevolent, like the greatest benevolence. I somehow understood that I was involved in that, that holistic organism of humanity and goodness and holiness. And that I wanted to be a part, like to me, that was an idea that Jesus communicated to me that I could be a part of. Like, man, I didn't just want to take from the world. I wanted to make the world a better place. If I just kind of start from this little seed, maybe I can grow something good. And the music that I did was an artifact of that with knowing that Christianity was the way and the method at which I was going to start to understand this kind of spirituality. I really genuinely wanted to be a good Christian. And the music that I was writing at the time just showed the things that I was thinking about, the way that I was trying to, to channel myself in a particular direction. And as I look back on it now... I wouldn't use some of that same language again today. Christian music is music written for Christians, by Christians, and with the intention of making more Christians. <laughs> it's the only genre in the world that I can think of that is concerned about that ideology apart from style. <laughs> so everything about it, it doesn't matter whether you're country, rap, 
techno, whatever. The whole point is an ideological point. It's not necessarily a creative point. You know, as I aged and my theology started to change and my own growth and my spiritual journey started to to kind of form up, by the end of it, I was no longer interested in necessarily propagandizing ideology or even knowing that I had theologies that differed from what had basically become an umbrella for evangelical Christianity, an idea of American Christianity even. The authenticity that I did put into my music and into my writing, it was for me going, I I can't do this anymore. And it's not that I didn't want to create anymore. I just I didn't want to just talk about that one thing anymore. And I couldn't just talk about that one thing without raising some really significant questions without saying, I am not on board with this shit. And I'm not just trying to funnel myself into it anymore. I'm now actually going, no, I think I need to part ways. I think I need to go in this direction rather than encourage all of us to herd in this other direction. So at the end of the day, like I, I really enjoyed it. It was foundational to the, the spiritual life that I didn't know that I was going to have. 15 years on from that but at the same time creatively i'm not embarrassed by what i did in that time there are some songs that have fallen off that i don't play anymore but i'm actually incredibly grateful that i can now write about my faith if i want to inside of a mainstream kind of journey that i'm not worried about trying to craft what Christianity looks like from a marketing standpoint, but as a more of a creative standpoint, knowing that the approach that I'm taking now, it just seems a lot more in step with the authenticity of not trying to, to convince people of something, but rather to be building a conversation about who we are. If any sense I relate to being a Christian today, I would, I would say I'm in the adventure of becoming one, not being one. You thought we could still be friends Now, I know firsthand that many of the people that listen to this podcast can relate so much to what Jennifer just said there, where you got involved with maybe the evangelical church or just church on any level because it just seemed like the right, beautiful, moral thing to do and it was in so many ways and i'd even say it still is in so many ways but then at some point you if you're like me you started feeling like hey the more i dig into this the more i'm involved with this the more that i feel like i have to disconnect from it but then there's that tricky part about now what now what happens after you disconnect from this thing that you believed so much in for so long Well, you don't keep writing the same song over and over again. I mean, any of us, once we've learned something, if you know something, right, if you have it with you, you don't continue to build it every time. Okay, in terms of a Christian theme, let's talk about like salvation. If I were to write a song about salvation now, as opposed to 20 years ago when I was still trying to figure out what salvation to some extent meant for me, that story sounds wildly different than it does now. Like now, I'm like, I don't feel insecure about my spiritual future. So I'm not going to write about salvation in that sense. I'm going to write a song that's a little bit more advanced down the trail and assumes because I have it in my own mind, in my own experience, like the smaller nuances. That being said, I'm not going to write something that's really small. It's going to be a very complex song that assumes 
that you understand something about salvation rather than going, you know, Jesus saves me. I'm going to lay it all down. I mean, that's fine. Some people need that. And somebody who's in that journey can authentically write that. But that's not where I'm at. I am a 45-year-old woman who's seen some shit. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to come out in the music. I don't have time to explain this other stuff to you as a creator. And I'm not saying, you know, in those times and in those moments, if I were going to write that project or I was going to write a worship record that might, you know, that's, I'm not saying it's not a worthy project to do, but I think that's why you see artists like myself or Derek Webb. I think that's why you see us kind of move on and, and move on from some of like the more syrupy basic things. Cause we're living and we're moving forward. We're not just on a treadmill. We're on a journey and that stuff's way behind us and it's not forgotten. It's just built upon and yeah. I really love that perspective. And I think too, because of just having a background in music, it makes a lot of sense to me as well that so often when I'm talking to people who are struggling with their faith, it's almost like this feeling that you're leaving something. But it's really not that at all. It's just a maybe a transformation or a movement forward. And as Jennifer said, it's like you're writing a new song. You're not going to write the same song over and over and over again. That would be boring. Nobody would care about that one bit. But our life progresses, and so you should naturally assume that your faith is going to progress as well. Now, here is the thing about Jennifer and her early career. And if you were not a Jennifer Knapp fan in the late 90s, early 2000s, you wouldn't know anything about this. But if you were, you're probably really excited to hear this answer to the next question. But Jennifer was wildly popular. She was one of the biggest Christian music artists of her time. And then... To a Christian music fan at the time, it literally felt like she just fell off the face of the planet. Just when I think I got it, it's gone. There was a day, it was like September 2002, the last day, I think it was September 7th, September 17th, like there was a day. I locked my guitar, I played my last gig, I walked to the side of the stage, I put my guitars in them, and I was done. The irony of that was, is I spent a year trying to tell people that that was coming. I'd spent a year like refusing contracts, I'd, you know, I spent a year telling anybody who would listen that I was not going to do this anymore, because I'd actually decided to quit way before that. I just had all these dates on my book. You know, I felt like it was appropriate for me to, to finish those out. So the effect was for me like a year of touring kind of and saying goodbye. And I felt like I was relatively open about that. I don't know that I decided to necessarily quit, quit, but after that year had, you know, kind of passed and I did that last date, I was like, wow, I'm probably not coming back. And, and for me that psychologically, I had to kind of feel that way. I had, I had to know that when I shut those cases, the opportunity for me to be invited back might never come. Whatever journey happened for me was all well and good. But once I left that stage, and a lot of people behind the scenes were saying, listen, if you quit right now, if you, if you walk away for any extended amount of time, you better understand that this may be the end of your career. So I was like, okay, I was cool. I was cool with that. And so that's kind of what my mindset was. I just walked away. And a lot of the reason for that was I'd 
basically spent my entire Christian processing in public. And so now that, you know, I think theologically I was becoming more of an adult, it just in real life was becoming more of an adult and feeling like, you know, I was now in that space of going, no, I can't just live my life for everybody else and for myself. You know, I needed to have some kind of grounding on who I was as an individual and the kinds of decisions that I wanted to make in my life, like spiritually and professionally and all that stuff. So that was the decision I wanted to make. I genuinely had a conflict with where Christian music was going. You know, like at that time, it was 2002, and Christian culture in that sense, uh, to me, was experiencing a lot of influence culturally. I mean, look at all the podcasts today that we have that that we're all talking about what happened in the 90s and into the 2000s. I mean, it was a thing that you could have, we had art that expressed this culture and its experience. There are tons of universities, thousands and thousands and thousands of people who grew up in evangelical families, who went on to faith-based universities, who went into some version of ministries or MPOs, even if they didn't actually practice. And I, I don't know statistically what that is, but we've been wildly influenced by it, but not necessarily going, wait a second. <laughs> I don't know, that, you know, not all of us ended up being pastors in the church. Not all of us ended up being in church 24 hours a day, you know, every day of the week. We had different ways of experiencing that. So for me, that was just, I, I, I just couldn't imagine being a part of that system anymore. I needed time and space to be my own person and to not be in an environment where I felt the pressure to conform to something if I didn't agree or disagree. I wanted to make sure that I was making decisions in terms of my own leadership that I took very seriously, and I still do today. For me, I understand that every time that I walk up on the stage, whether I intend to or not, something that I say is what somebody's going to want to model or believe is something that they could believe or want to do or want to replicate. And at that time, it's just like, I felt like pe when people saw me, for sure, they were seeing an industry that was saying, yeah, it's good for you to be a Christian. And I'm going, man, I don't know if, you know, for, as a woman, like one example of that that I give a lot is that at that time, like the, the purity movement, the true love weights kind of thing was really being pushed through. And this idea of what women were, particularly for the prize on female virginity inside of evangelical circles, and how much behind the scenes conversations I had with young women who were going through so much shame in and around their failures to, you know, live up to this standard that was becoming this pop culture reference rather than, you know, real life. I mean, what we do with our bodies and who we see ourselves as people and at that in this particular model, as a young woman, what people saw of me when I went up on stage is somebody that they thought because I wasn't married was a virgin, which I wasn't, and I'd always been very clear about, but I was celibate for 10 years and I can't get that back. Um, <laughs> You know, I, like those kinds of things. It's like people assumed what I would say and what I would think were reflected by the larger culture and that I was representative of that. And because I couldn't control that narrative and I didn't yet know how to control that narrative for me, it was just so overwhelming that I had to just go, you know what, I'm stepping back. And if I come back, great. And if I don't, so be it. Because it was just too much for me to think that I was advancing that or that somebody would mistake that I wanted to advance those kinds of things. So I am learning if you don't love me set me free if you don't 
Oh, that is such an important lesson for all of us to learn. And I found myself for so long staying in a space that I didn't buy into, staying in a space that I didn't feel good about, staying in a space that I didn't even believe in, but I stayed there for all of these ridiculous reasons. But at the end of the day, if you can't look yourself in the mirror when you come home at night because of what you're a part of, you need to find a way to get out of that space. It's not healthy for anyone for you to stay there. So the right thing to do for yourself, for your heart, for your mind, for those around you is to find an exit strategy. And as you'll hear in Jennifer's story, when she did that, it actually opened up the possibilities for her music and her career and her writing. I don't necessarily write a songs about, okay, I'll think about the song Fallen. It's a song that I wrote. It's pretty specific in that it's about like, you know, the love that dares not speak its name. It's about the relationship and what people say, you know, you shouldn't be in this relationship. But the song itself is not actually very specific lyrically about this is a gay relationship. It's about all of the, to me, the the wider part of the way I write is saying this is about any moment where the rest of the world is telling you, you've made a bad choice and this is a bad partnership, a bad partnership with an idea. And yet your decision at that point is going, this is really good for me. I will, and I'm telling you right now, I will choose this again and again and again. And you can tell by the sense and the emotion of the song that this is actually the honest and the whole, the truth and the decision for a person that's going to make them whole. I don't know how it is that I really do it mechanically, but it is the spirit of writing a song like that, even though that it comes from my own personal place of hearing the voice of the church saying that, you know, this relationship that I am in isn't holy and isn't good for you. And me saying back to that church, I hear you, but I'm bye. (laughs) I'm going this way, you know, I'm parting ways. And to feel, I think the importance is more about those moments that are like that. So I try not to put my specificity into those songs so much so that you can't overlay and understand and empathize with the experience that I'm having. Because I think the goal in communication and what I love doing in my art is saying, well, here's my experience, but having it be open enough to have you be reminded of something in your own experiences that connects that. And I think that's what builds empathy. It's not me being so specific that you need to know and agree with my experience, but that you've had in a moment where I've asked you to think about something of your own experience to bring to the table and share with me in that kind of experience. Now, obviously, when you do something like Jennifer did and you separate yourself from a group of people, an industry, 
however you want to say that, there's going to be a question. And the obvious question, I don't even think it's a bad question. Are you still a Christian? I've had people pose that to me ever since Jesus Never Ran has been on the airwaves or people have heard a little bit of how my thinking is because we're conditioned to think and to speak and to act a certain way in evangelical circles. And as soon as we leave that space, it leaves room for questions. And it's an honest question. And one I think we all have to be comfortable asking and answering. It depends on the day that you ask me. I'll shorthand it occasionally and go, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, but today is not a good day. Like I, I don't feel very confident in saying that. But given a little bit longer time, what I usually say about my my spiritual experience or my faith experience is that Christianity is my native tongue. So all of the things that I think about God and process about God and the spirituality, my brain speaks natively in Christianity. It's the language, you know, it's the language set, it's the dictionary, it's the theological forms that I practice in. Now, the hesitation I have was like, if I said I'm a Christian to somebody is like, do I go to church on Sunday? Am I paying attention to the liturgical calendar? Those things get a little bit wonky. And there are even some things theologically that I think that don't necessarily fit the mold of what a lot of people would agree qualifies you as a card-carrying Christian. The point is, I guess, I don't really care, <laughs> but it's, it's the place that I go home to spiritually, for sure. And it's the, it's the group of people with whom I most relate and the most that I want to fight with about the direction that we're heading in. You know, I'm influenced by other, other religions, but I don't know them and I don't understand them. And, you know, I may be able to hear something from somebody else's religious experience and go, oh, wow, that's really meaningful to me. But I'm still kind of, when I'm theistic, I'm still monotheistic. I still am deeply inspired fundamentally by the teachings of Christ. And even that I just said that out loud makes me incredibly uncomfortable. So... Took me to the river once and we lined the beer cans up against so much in this interview that I think we all can relate to because Jennifer's story in so many ways is most of our stories. Right? Am I right with that? That's how I feel. But here's the thing. We have just scratched the surface. We'll call that part one. And next week is going to be part two. Because like I said, it's my birthday today. And the way my family celebrates birthdays is you do it for a whole week. So next week, more Jennifer Knapp. Because that's how I like it. And she's going to dig into her advocacy for the LGBTQ community. What looking like a Christian means to her today. So much more. I don't want to give any more away, but you're not going to want to miss next week. You can find out more about Jennifer and everything she's up to at her website, which is jennifernapp.com. Nap is spelled K-N-A-P-P. So again, jennifernapp.com, and you can find out everything that she's up to. Of course, if you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do at this point in time is subscribe to it. Give us a five-star rating and write a review. Until next time, keep walking. I don't mind being lonely just so long as I'm free. Oh, Neosho, Neosho carried me.